Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Parable of the Broken Fence, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Proverbs chapter 24, starting at verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and thistles, and had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction from the Lord. And this is what the Lord spoke into Solomon's mind when he saw this broken down wall that had been overrun with thorns and thistles and briars. And the Lord said to Solomon, this is why it's in the condition it's in. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and they and thy want as an armed man. So with those verses of scripture today, I speak to you from the parable of the broken fence. You may be seated. These words, no doubt, describe the condition of an actual farm that King Solomon noticed as he traveled across Israel. Perhaps it was on a walk through the countryside when he witnessed the estate of this farm which had been overgrown with thorns and thistles and weeds. He sees the stone wall enclosing the farm and notices that it's broken down and the king takes note that the general ruin of the farm was due to laziness and a lack of common sense, and he penned these words. I went by the field of the slothful and the vineyard of the man void of understanding. True to Solomon's reputation, he draws spiritual lessons from the condition of the farm, and he includes in verse 33 and 34 of our text that this must be the scenario by which these walls came to such ruin and shabbles and, and without standing, notwithstanding the devastation. So this is how it happened. This is what he's saying to us, and it's for us today. This must be what happened. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, so shall thy poverty come. Sleep, in this particular text, in the Hebrew, means to be careless, or unalert, or to lie dormant. Slumber means to drowse, the state of inactivity, to forget, and a state of neg negligence. 
The folding of the hands simply means surrendering to the conditions at hand to give in to. And so Solomon is explaining to us that the reason this farm is in the condition that it's in and the walls are broken down is because the one who was the caretaker of the place, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. In other words, negligence, indifference, laziness, foolishness, these things can be as destructive as a thief or a robber coming in and invading a person's life. And as I read and studied this parable, my attention was particularly drawn to the stone wall that was broken down. And as you know in your Old Testament in Bible times, a stone wall or fence was more than a decorative or an attractive enclosure. These fences, walls, enclosures served as landmarks and boundaries and property lines. And because of their significance, it was imperative that these walls were kept intact by constant repair. And this was no easy accomplishment to say the least. These fences and walls served to protect their vegetation and their crops from being overrun by stray, undomesticated, and wild animals. And according to Solomon, King Solomon, a broken fence was a sure sign of laziness, idleness, indolence, slothfulness. A farmer that was so indolent as to allow the stone wall or the fence, which was the enclosing of his farm, to have gaps and breaches was sure to come to poverty and hardship and notwithstanding deficiency and need and want. And looking at this allegory, we can draw several spiritual lessons and before I get started with some of these lessons I want to share with you today, the good news is this. The Lord God is the one who has placed a wall around his people for possession and protection. And therefore, there rests upon us an incumbent responsibility to make sure this hedge the Lord has placed around us is never destroyed. An unrepaired breach in the hedge that the Lord Jesus Christ has placed around a person is due to a lack of understanding, according to Solomon. A neglected gap in the spiritual protection that God has placed around you is an invitation to the destructive forces of Satan to invade your life. Spiritual poverty and destruction will always be the outcome of the indolent, slothful Christian. And first of all, we need to understand that the fence the Lord Jesus Christ has placed around us is a property line. Hallelujah. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. He has surrounded us with his touch, his blessing his name, his spirit. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. Notwithstanding, you belong to Jesus Christ. 
Your family belongs to Jesus Christ. Your ministry belongs to Jesus Christ. Your calling belongs to Jesus Christ. Your future belongs to Jesus Christ. We are his. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Nevertheless, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.19, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. We belong to him. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The fence around us is a boundary line on this Sunday morning. It's a boundary line to keep the enemy out and to make sure that there is a preservation within our hearts of spirituality, holiness, and commitment to him. If you would this morning consider with me the fence of personal consecration. Consecrate means to sanctify, to bless, to set apart, to make holy. The acts of consecration are prayer, fasting, discipleship, stewardship, study in the word of God, faithfulness to the house of God. My prayer for you this morning is that nothing would be able to destroy your consecration to the Lord Jesus Christ. If the stone wall of your personal consecration is breached, you will inevitably live in spiritual poverty. If there are gaping holes in your spiritual condition, you will be overrun by the spirit of this world. If you are overrun by the spirit of the age, the spirit of the age will leave you in a backslidden condition. And the spirit of iniquity will leave you separated from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are too slothful to pray, to give, to fast, to tithe, to study his word, to attend the house of the Lord regularly in services. Your spiritual needs will not be met and you will become lukewarm, indifferent, separated from the will of God, being activated in your life. There must come a time God's trying to prepare us all for revival. He's trying to prepare his church in the last day to understand we cannot allow the spirit of the age, the spirit of the Antichrist or the spirit of iniquity to come into the house of God. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Light and darkness cannot dwell in the same place and the same time. Oil and and uh, and and uh, light, uh, oil and uh, and uh, what is it that the water does not mix? You can't have them in the same place at the same time. There will always be a separation. And so today, you and I must understand: we are His. We must be separated to Him only. You cannot mix this world with the things of God and expect a spiritual outcome. We dare not dilute 
uproot the things of God. We dare not allow the fence that God has placed around us to be breached by the spirit of the age and the spirit of iniquity. We need the covering of God on this Sunday morning and we need God's spirit to overshadow us. Paul said this in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. A conqueror is one that fights. To be more than a conqueror is one who rules. I promise you on this Sunday morning, if there is a breach, a gap, a separation in the wall around your soul, if the enemy can come in and go out any time that he wants to come in and go out, if that's the case, then you are a conqueror. A conqueror is one who fights. If you're allowing the enemy to come in and go out anytime he wants, you're going to be in a constant war with the adversary of your soul. But when you make sure that the fence around you is secure and that your spiritual life is secure and that your family is secure and you make sure there are no gaps, there are no breaches, there are no holes in the wall of your experience with God, then I promise you, you will not have near the battle that you have right now as a conqueror because to be more than a conqueror is one who rules. Can I preach to somebody today? God wants this church to rule. We should not, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffered violence until now. The violence comes to an end when the authority and the power and the name of Jesus Christ has dominance over your life. Oh, that God would make every one of us more than conquerors. We need to be be the one that rules and reigns in this hour. Romans chapter 8, nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depths nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul how can you write that? My fence is secure. My wall is complete. The enemy's not coming in. I made up in my mind I'm going to live for God not just on Sunday and Wednesday but every day of my life I'm going to live for him and in all these things I'm more than a conqueror. Death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, depths, heights, other creatures, nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. The question is today, do you have that determination? Do you have that position today where nothing is going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? It's paramount that your consecration be intact. If you're going to be the person God wants you to be, and you're going to be victorious in him. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but follow after that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And here's how we consecrate. Here's how we consecrate ourselves unto the Lord. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench 
not the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Consecration goes like this. Rejoice evermore. I'm on the mountain, pastor. Rejoice. I'm in the valley, pastor. Rejoice. I'm having a good day, pastor. Rejoice. I'm having a bad day. Rejoice. I'm walking through a dark place. Rejoice. I'm walking in the light. Rejoice. Hallelujah. The scripture says rejoice evermore. Our rejoicing is not predicated upon a current victory. Our rejoicing is predicated on the fact that we know even if we don't have the victory, victory's coming down our dusty road and we're going to make sure our life is surrounded by his love and power and I'm going to rejoice. I don't know what you came to do today, but I came to lift up the name of Jesus. I came to praise his holy name. I know if there's a breach in your wall, you cannot rejoice. I know if there's a breach in your experience, that wall will allow the enemy to come in. Praise God. Him up the wall. Cave in the wall. Build up the wall. Hallelujah. Establish the wall so you can walk in the glory of God and the power of God and you can rejoice in the God of your salvation. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Hallelujah. With them that rejoice. Hallelujah. Maybe you say, Pastor, I have nothing to rejoice about. Let me give you something to rejoice about. I'm saved this morning. So if you don't have anybody else to rejoice, rejoice with me. Thank God you got a saved pastor. Hallelujah. If you don't have anything else to rejoice, look at the person next to you and understand that they got up this morning. They came to the house of God. They walked in here and I looked at the altar and the first three people who came to the altar this morning, the first three that I saw that came to the altar all had issues that I helped them deal with this week and prayed for them this week. And you know what? They didn't sit back with their issues. They made their way to the altar and they were the ones worshiping and magnifying God. You know what they were doing? They were tagging in to a holy power. They were touching almighty God. They were saying the Lord is going to surround me with his goodness. The Lord is going to surround me with his glory. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm filling in some gaps. I'm filling in some breaches. How are you going to do that? Rejoice evermore. You want, your, you want your life to be strong, your church to be strong, your family to be strong. Rejoice in God every day. Don't stop giving him praise. Magnify the name of the Lord. Lift up the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to lift that name up right now. There's authority. There's power. There's strength. There's victory. In the name of Jesus, it's in this house. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. You want to know how to become consecrated? Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Mm. In everything, give thanks. Well, I didn't get my way, Lord. Give thanks. I prayed and you haven't answered my prayer yet. Give thanks. Hallelujah. We lost a wonderful dear sister, Gloria Johnson. We give thanks. Hallelujah. 
We got situations that we're facing tomorrow that are grim. Give thanks. I want to promise you, whatever you're facing tomorrow, whatever you're getting up tomorrow and facing, let me preach to you right now that if you face it with giving God glory and praise, you're going to walk into that situation and I prophesy to somebody, God's going to turn it around tomorrow in the name of Jesus. I know what some of you are facing. We've talked about it. Go ahead and praise him today. Bless him today. Secure your place with him today and watch God open the door. In everything, give thanks. Thessalonians chapter 5. Don't render evil for evil. Give thanks. And verse 19, quench not the spirit. God's moving. God's God. Don't quench the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. Let your consecration be that you're not going to quench the spirit. When God touches you, you're going to be touched and you're going to let him touch you. Some of you know what it's like to worship. Hallelujah. But something happened to the fence and there's a breach and the wall's not complete and the enemy can come and go as he pleases. I walk to this pulpit today with the authority of the word of God to tell you it's time to build that wall back. It's time, Nehemiah, to go back and build the wall around Jerusalem. It's time to build a wall around you. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what Sambiah or Tabalus has to say about it. We're going to build these walls. We're going to stand in covenant with God's word. The walls are going to be built. Hallelujah. Tobiah and Sam Ballard can't stop this. Somebody said, praise God. praise God. The second thing you must know is this, that the Lord Jesus Christ has built a fence of possession and protection around you and his church. It's God's will. Here's what we find concerning the will of God in Isaiah chapter 5. Starting at verse 1, concluding with verse 2. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. This is a parallel scripture with our text. Watch this now. Talking about the vineyard. This is God talking about us. This is God's will. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. 
And he fenced it. Talking about us, his beloved. My beloved will always fence in that which I have given him. He fenced it and gathered out stones thereof and planted it with a choice vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Can I preach to somebody right now that the Lord's fence a possession around us is not merely a restrictive hedge or a retaining wall or a preventive enclosure. The Lord Jesus Christ does not fence us in to imprison us from the world, but he builds and fences us in to protect us from the world. We have lived to see the day when there is a growing distaste and an emerging dislike and a despising of Christian principles in America this morning. In our society today, there is a distaste for the things of God. There is a voice that is screaming against that which is right. There is a despising of Christian principles and the world is rapidly buying in to every position that is anti the word of God. I still believe in the word of God. I refuse to take my fence down. I'm not going to get political, but abortion is murder. I'm not going to get political, but God did not make Adam and Adam. God made Adam and Eve. I'm not going to get political, but I want to tell you, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Build the wall. Build the wall. Build the wall. Keep the wall. Don't let the wall go down. I love every liar. And if you are a liar, you're welcome in this church. I love every adulterer. Every adulterer is welcome in this church. I love every sinner because every sinner is welcome in this church. I love every person who's ever done anything wrong. You are welcome in this church. I love every person whose views are totally opposite of mine. You are welcome in this church. We don't have a closed door policy. We have an open door policy. And I don't care what you stand for or believe. You are welcome in this church. We don't close the door to anyone. We don't stop anybody at the door. Does not matter to me what color you are. Does not matter to me what, what your financial status is. We don't check IDs at the door. We just check sin at the altar. Hallelujah. We just want you to come on in here. You might be a sinner. You're welcome here. 
We've got an altar. This church has built a wall. No devils coming in. No false doctrines coming in. No enemies coming in. No breach is going to be left open. No gap is going to be left open. This is a secure place in the Holy Ghost. We belong to him. Somebody said, well, you guys are brainwashed. You are absolutely right. God took my brain out and washed it and put it back in. Hallelujah. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't go to the places I used to go. There's a fence around me. I'm not getting outside of the fence of the Holy Ghost covering We have lived to see the day where this world rapidly in America has this distaste for you, for God, for this book. Thankfully, this book is still the number one seller in the world. Hallelujah. Thankfully. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you want to know where we are today, Jesus said in John 15, if the world hates you, just remember it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you or love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Don't think that you're going to be able to compromise with a world that is dead set against what thus saith the word of God. If they hated him and they did, they're going to hate you. And I'm not a fear monger. I'm not, I don't walk around, you know, you know, we're not going to sell everything and go to the mountain and well, that's a good idea, maybe. We're not going to the mountain and wait for Jesus to come. We're going to occupy till he comes. And part of occupying is to make sure the wall around your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit has no breaches today. That the enemy cannot come in at will. John 17, 13. It simply goes like this. And now come I to thee. And these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, talking about you, but that thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth, and thy, thy word is truth. The fence Jesus Christ has placed around his church is a wall that keeps us from the bondage of this world. John chapter 8, verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Jesus, to we the Pharisees, Ye shall be made free? We're already free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We have his protection today. First, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 goes like this. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We can read that passage this way. Now the spirit of the Lord is, and now the, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there, that very spot, is where the spirit of the Lord is. And when you have the spirit of the Lord, you have his liberty. He is with us. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is with you on this Sunday morning. His love surrounds this place. Open your eyes and you will see that he is the Holy One, the true and living one. God surrounds you on this Sunday morning with his spirit, his power, his name, his word, his truth. We just need to open our eyes and see that he is around us this morning. Open your eyes. Can I tell you right now, if you just look at it through carnal eyes, you would say, this world is in control. Open our eyes, Lord. If you just look through the carnal lens, you would say our places of higher learning that is absolutely destroying the, the mindset and the viewpoint of the next generation. And it's easy to look around and say, they're going to win. They're going to destroy the very fabric of the mindset of a, the world. And that spirit is going to come into the church I beg to differ with you today. I beg to differ with you today. I'm asking God to open your eyes today and let everybody in this room see exactly what's going on. Here's my point. Here's my message. Fill in every gap. Fill in every hole. Surround yourself with that wall of protection and ownership Surround yourself with it. And listen to 2 Kings chapter 6, where Elisha and his servant had a little dialogue about the enemy that had surrounded them. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, he saw a host encamped around the city with horses and chariots. And his servant came to him and said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open my servant's eyes that he may see. 
And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. God, open our eyes that you have not left us, nor forsaken us, but that you surround us. If you can see through the eyes of the Spirit, the Bible tells us that the angels of the Lord encamp around about those that fear Him. And if you've got your wall intact, if you've got your life where it's supposed to be, there are angels going with you every day. You may see, you may say today, well, I don't know what an angel has ever done for me. You may not know, but I'm telling you, you shouldn't even be here. But because God put ministering spirits around you, those spirits fight every devil of hell day in and day out. There's a spiritual warfare going on. Don't let the wall down. Don't let there be a breach in your wall. When you live to see the vision of God, God will show you that vision. When you have a vision that the Lord Jesus Christ surrounds you, it is then that you will live in liberty. You will live in freedom. And God-given liberty denotes freedom. And freedom has two connotations and components. There is freedom from something, and there is freedom to something. The freedom I'm talking about that God gives us is a freedom from something, and it's a freedom to something. The fence that the Lord has placed around you that fear Him is a freedom from the authority of the devil. You have freedom from the bondage of sin. You have freedom from worrying about what others think. You have freedom from fear and freedom from anything that would hinder you in your relationship with him. And you have freedom from a hell-bound life that you used to live. The fence I'm talking about today is God putting himself around us and giving us a freedom to something. Not only has he given us a freedom from the adversary, but he's given us a freedom to live victorious. We have freedom to live in peace, to resist the devil, to defeat temptation, to be confident and bold in the Holy Ghost, to be blessed with high and favors from God, to live in faith by doing so you will be focused on what God has planned for your life. You have the right, hallelujah, to live in a freedom that is the word of God that delivers you through the promise of God. You have freedom to go to heaven. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Therefore, if we abide under the protection of the Lord, we have true liberty to praise and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Here's what it says in Psalm 139 and 5. Thou hast beset me behind and before. That word beset means enclosed. You have enclosed me. You have beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. The Amplified Bible says this. You have enclosed me behind and before 
and you have placed your hand upon me. That is my pursuit on this Sunday morning. I want God in front of me and behind me. I want him beneath me and above me. I want him on my left and on my right. I want him every day of my life to be the protection that surrounds me. Hallelujah. And you know what happens when God surrounds you? Mm, there's spiritual things that begin to transpire. There's some spiritual things that begin to happen. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to speak to someone's heart. If you'll open it today and be honest with yourself and say, you know what, Pastor, there are some breaches I've got to take care of today. There are some things I've got to, there, there's some things I've got to fill in. There's some gaps that I've got to take care of. I need to be surrounded completely by the love of God, by the strength of God. Psalm 32 and 7, our last scripture goes like this. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with the songs of deliverance. Selah. Songs of deliverance. How many knows when you're right with God, he puts a song in your heart? Hallelujah. You can just be driving down the road and a song comes to your heart, your mind. How does that happen? You're surrounded you're surrounded. There's no breaches in your wall. He can get through. He can touch you. He can bless you. He can strengthen you. I remember as a kid in 1966, the first time that God opened the windows of heaven and spoke a song into my life. I was 13 years of age. We was in Minnesota on a fishing trip and my dad reached for a cup of coffee and he fell into the floor having convulsions. And, and I remember running next door to get my uncle and Brother Sage and others and they all made their way into that, into that cabin and began to pray for my father. And it wasn't long until a 1959 ambulance pulled in and they took him to Crosby, which is about 30 miles from Emily, Minnesota. And they took him, and I'll never forget watching that, watching that ambulance pull out of the resort and as it went down the road and disappeared I wasn't in the ambulance my uncle was Uncle Don was riding there with dad and in that ambulance the man ministering help to my dad in the back said to the driver of the ambulance you can slow down he's gone and my uncle looked at him and said, are you finished? And he said, there's nothing else I can do. He's gone. And my uncle said, then get out of my way. And he laid hands on my father and started rebuking death and started praying for him. And dad's heart started beating and he started breathing. And the man said to the driver, get this ambulance going. Hallelujah. I don't tell that story very often, but at the same time, as a 13-year-old, not knowing what was going on with my father. I was walking. I can take you to the path today. I was walking down between big pine trees on both sides of that, of that path. And as I was walking down that path, this is the song that came to my mind, my heart. Everything is going to be, be all right. Everything is going to be all right. And because I was surrounded, I had just received the Holy Ghost in January. And 
and this was July. And because I was surrounded by his glory and by his power, he put a song in the darkest moment of my life. There was a song that was in my soul that gave me confidence. Everything is going to be all right. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I don't know what you're facing, but I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, God's got this, and everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, yes, I can only imagine, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I able, be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. When that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun, I can only imagine when all I will do is forever and forever worship you, I can only imagine surrounded, surrounded, surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to sing it all? I can only imagine that's what I want. Not only for that day, but for this day, surrounded by his glory. When you're surrounded by his glory, when there are no breaches in your wall, the glory of God fills your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, and he takes you forward. There's a song in the night. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. We used to sing this song, billows may row, breakers may dash, but I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the night, clouds in the sky. Well, it's all right because Jesus is nigh. Oh, oh, do you know him? Do you know him? Billows may rise, breakers may dash, but I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the night, clouds in the sky. Well, it's all right because Jesus is nigh. And the end of that song goes, oh, do you know him? That's my question today. Are there some breaches? Are there some gaps? Are there some things that you need to take care of? Is the enemy coming in and going out of your life? Free will on his own? Is the enemy coming in and out of your home? In and out of your life? In and out of your marriage? In and out of, it, 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 does he just have free course? Then don't be the slothful man. The indolent. Don't be the one that doesn't have the... the, the I went by a field. It was the field of the slothful. The vineyard of the man of void of understanding. It was overgrown with thorns and weeds and thistles. The fence was broken down. 
Then I saw it and I considered it well. I looked upon it and I received instruction. Get a little sleep, this is why, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. So the church cannot fall asleep. A little sleep and a little slumber. A little folding of the hands. Not on my watch. I want his glory. I want his anointing. I want his touch. I want his blessing. I want his strength. I want him to touch every family in this room. I want him to touch you today. And if there's a gap in your relationship, God's given us a two-week period to prepare for the revival that is coming our way with our evangelists two weeks from today. He's given us this week and next week to get everything right with him. And I'm telling you right now, I see it. I see God doing great things. I see on this Sunday morning, God's spirit, God's anointing, God's touch making a difference in your life. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.